Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. All right, guys, welcome back. You're here with Going There. We're going to go there. We are going there. Today, we're talking about keeping up with the Joneses. Yes. And who are the Joneses even? It's such a funny saying. I don't know. I It makes me think about the scene in like my big fat Greek wedding. If anyone knows, very old movie now. Such a good movie. But when she's, I know the scene that she's like standing out front of her like house and all of our family is being crazy behind her and she's watching. I think it's like a girl with really bouncy like blonde curls walk down the street yes. in her house. Yes. Her house looks beautiful and her life looks perfect and here she is with like a big frizzy bro. That's my Uh, hair, guys, when it's natural state. I actually love it like that. But it's so funny because I think when we hear the little phrase, don't try to keep up with the Joneses, I think financially, first of all, but when you really break it down, it's more this like idea that you kind of have for your life or Mm -hmm. these people that you have on this pedestal. Maybe for you, like you say that phrase and there is like an immediate family you think of that Mm kind of just like epitomizes everything you think you want out of life or kind of lives in a way that you want to reach that goal. And I think we all can sit here and say like, well, yeah, that's damaging to think that way, but we all do it. And we really wanted to kind of break down how that looks when we're kind of thinking in that way and living that out and how it can be really damaging to the life we're actually living. Yeah, you said like there may be even things or people we think about. Like I right away go to this person like in elementary school. I remember to a T like her life just looked perfect. Her family was super sweet. They had a really sweet house. She constantly had cute clothes. I mean, I'm now like an almost 30 and I now can like still, you know, go back to that moment and be like, oh, I wish I had that. I wish I had that limited two shirt or that Hollister shirt. That is me because I was just like, I just want to be like her yeah because her life looks perfect. And so I think it can, keeping up with the Joneses can look like, like you said, financially, but it can also just look like what's your setup in life or what's your marriage like or what are your kids like or what does your career path look like? Maybe you're envious of someone's circumstances or lack of hard circumstances. Mm But I think that's a good idea going back to this girl that you thought of. What's so interesting about that, and we all have these people, maybe from our past or even just currently, where you didn't know what that girl's life was actually like at home. You have no idea. Now, as an adult looking back, was her parents' marriage healthy? Was she feeling satisfied in life? Was she feeling emotionally stable and like her needs from her family? Like It's crazy because we don't actually know what that girl felt like. And maybe she had insecurities. I don't know. You often have those like girl-to-girl moments where it's like, oh, I was always so jealous of that of you. And they're like, oh, I was jealous of you or like, you know what I'm talking about? Like, I love that you had this. Well, I love you that you have that. And we kind of just like break down barriers and realize we all have things we're walking through. So I love the idea of us viewing it more than just this financial comparison. Yeah, I know. And I think like in different phases of your life, especially now like getting into our 20s and almost 30 and having kids and I mean, I just think it can like magnify itself in like all of these ways. Uh, I think the weird thing about the keeping up with the Joneses mentality is like you also don't even recognize it's there until maybe someone calls it out in you or you realize how actually upset you are about something or that like you actually can't go on that vacation because you just don't have the finances to or like I think it kind of manifests itself in unique ways in our minds 
that we don't really recognize it's unhealthy until we're like, no, that's actually not probably a good thing that I am that envious of that person. Or like, maybe I'm housing bitterness because that person's able to do that Mm -hmm. and I'm not. And so that's kind of like the weird thing about it too. Yeah, it is weird. And I think when we look at the root of it, it's obviously comparison. But if you go deeper than that, peeling back the layers, I think it's a lot of discontentment in our own life. Or even just, I think sometimes making God smaller than he is in our lives of saying like, okay, you are having me or you have me right here where I need to be at this place in my life. But I don't believe that to be good enough. I want more. I think I want more. I think there can be better for my life and I don't have it yet. And that person does. Mm -hmm. And it's just so, so damaging because I think we can start with the point that I was making earlier. We don't know what people's lives are like behind closed doors. Mm -mm. Even if we just go off the financial example, we might see the car they drive, the house they live in, the clothes they wear, the trips they take. The restaurants, they, we see them eating out on the weekend, and you can think a certain thing about that person. You have no idea how they're choosing to spend their money, what their stresses with finances are behind closed doors, maybe what they're spending on to fulfill something else that they're like really feeling like they're missing out on in life. We just don't know mm-hmm. the reasons behind why people live the way that they live. Yeah. And isn't it true like the grass is always greener? Like yes. you always think like, oh, you know, like... Yeah, it would be better. Life would be better. My marriage would be happier. My kids would be, I would be less, you know, I would yell at my kids less or whatever it may be. I've heard a quote one time about the like grass is always greener. It's like, yeah, the grass may always look greener, but it's actually turf. Like it's actually fake. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, no, you don't have to water that. You don't have to like cultivate it. You don't have to plant it. You don't have to sow the seeds. And I'm like, isn't that true? Like we don't know the true story behind someone's life and we don't know what that looks like or how their relationships look or how they're mentally doing. And so I do think it's like good to keep that perspective and hopefully that, it, you know, we are able to have a posture of thankfulness and gratitude in the things we do have and also just not, you know, looking at that comparison piece. What has Samantha for you in, I guess like a couple phases of life I want to hear, you know, what did keep you up with the Joneses? What did that look like for you? Maybe in your like young adulthood or maybe high school, college time, what does it now look like? What do you what are some areas that you struggle with the most or kind of see that come out in you the most? I think going away a little bit more from the financial viewpoint of that. There were definitely girls where I was like, "Oh, they have it all growing up." But I think for me it was always more comparing circumstances like, "Oh, their life just seems really easy." I'm not even financially necessarily, but just with hardships maybe in life. I've definitely just as a child, like really had some medical issues and things that have carried through my life and then into my marriage and even into us like growing a family and all of those things. So sometimes for me, it can be easy to compare or look to other families and just like the ease of, I don't know, their life just seems really easy. They don't seem like they have to go through a lot of hard things. And Mm -hmm. I know the second I start thinking down that path, like I just know it's lies because first of all, I don't know all the hard things that people are walking through. And second of all, like I know God gives us each different trials and things to walk through and he does that for our good. And I'm actually someone who talks a lot about being so thankful for the hard things I've walked through because it's grown me into the person that I know I want to become more of. And I almost feel like thankful for getting to walk through things that have really sharpened me. But I know for me, that's something that I can tend to struggle with. Would you say that's probably the most pertinent thing now in this phase of life too? Yeah. It's kind of continued on. I think it's been the same for me too, especially just taking our one example of infertility and us growing our family through adoption. For example, it's like we are about to start the adoption process again. I feel like that 
I haven't ever really like said that, not publicly, but we haven't told a lot of people that yet, but that's something we're about to walk into and it can feel frustrating at times even when I see, granted, I know pregnancy is hard and comes with its own challenges, but when friends just are, you know, it's easy to get pregnant and we're starting to have to think through like financially what our adoption is going to look like and just the time commitment and just like the emotional toll that it takes on our marriage and just our family in general. It's a lot to think about through walking through it when for a lot of other people, you know, they don't have to consider all those options. Or for me, sometimes even when friends complain about how much their hospital bill was from giving birth, I'm just like, okay, let's, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just not something that I want to like be sympathetic towards because I, or it's hard for me to be sympathetic towards that's kind of and, and again like. you know what's interesting about that is like most people I mean you and I met several years ago now but before that I remember actually like when I met you I remembered I was like oh yeah Samantha Miller and now I'm like putting together a few pieces I've heard about her I didn't know a ton about you though and honestly as I got to know you you didn't come out straight away with all of this information mm-hmm. but over time I've gotten to know you and I didn't know a lot about that that whole yeah, like you know, you as a child and all of your health complications and then all of your all's like infertility issues. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so it's like perfect example of honestly, from the outside, I remember looking like, oh, my gosh, she is so pretty. Wow. Like her and Justin seem to have a really so great sweet. marriage. Like, no, but I remember thinking that. And then I think part of like why I love you as a friend is, yeah, you really do have so much faith in Jesus, have so much faith in like the plan that he has for your all's life. I don't know any of that. And so it would have been really easy for me to say like, oh, gosh, well, I wish I had hair like hers or a husband like hers or I wish I had a family like hers. You're saying like, no, in all reality, we this is really hard for our family and it's something emotionally we've had to fight a lot through. Financially, it's been a huge commitment and a hardship. And so it is just interesting, just even two different perspectives in that when just knowing you in a few years. Yeah. I mean, thanks for saying that because, but I do think it's such a good example. I mean, in a way, I'm not going to say that we have a responsibility because you can't make yourself super vulnerable to everyone who maybe just like knows of your name. Mm -hmm. But I do think that's why when you meet people or as you grow in relationships, it's so important to be vulnerable or to let people in because if you go into a friendship and have those guards up and aren't honest about hard things in your life, then I think that other person up there goes a guard up with them. And you're just kind of having this really surface level relationship where it's kind of always just this underlining comparison Mm -hmm. and just not understanding really Mm -hmm. who that other person actually is or what they're going through. Or like, I don't know, I always think about this when I'm getting to know people, like what makes you lie in bed at night with your like eyes wide open and mind racing? Like we Mm -hmm. all have those things that we kind of consistently struggle with and think about and have a really hard time processing through. And I think that that's what makes like getting to know other people so beautiful is just that you can break through some of those weird boundaries of like thinking that it all seems fine for them and get to know, no, like what keeps you up at night? What makes you cry? Like what, you know, is hard for you? That makes me feel like you're human with me. And then I'm more at ease to just share what's hard in my life as well. Yeah. And on the other side of that thing, though, too, like in the keeping up with the Joneses, like I think we all can have awesome things happening in our life and be have great blessings. And I think one of the cool things about your story is that you're very vocal and just always put it at the forefront of like, no, these are blessings that God has given us. And like, how cool is God or how good is God that he has gifted us this, this, and this, or, you know, given us this opportunity in this, this, and this way. Because yeah, I think you can swing on either side. Like you can say, well, yeah, but you know, like someone could compliment you on how clean your house is. And I could be really envious of that. You're like, oh no, but you should see my bed. Like you don't always have to also be downplaying everything too, because like, no, like God did gift you with awesome organizational skills. And that's something that you really like bless your family with and keep 
keeping a nice home or, yes. you know, so I think it's also like one, you know, there's, I think, two sides of that. For too, sure. Of just recognizing in this keeping up with the Joneses mentality, also just the blessings that like it all did come from him and it did all, you were not deserving of that in any way. They're yeah. like gifts purely yeah. from him. And I think people could say the same thing about Christian just to like, I don't know, brag on her for a minute, but she has a really high capacity for things and she has a really cool business and people I think could look at you and either be like intimidated or just, yeah, like jealous and wishing that they had that motivation. And I think that's so good. And maybe our ends up being kind of our takeaway from this conversation of like, if we can turn that to say like, first of all, we can acknowledge that everything's not perfect, even though that's maybe what we see, but also kind of even thank God for giving that person those gifts. It's like you are amazing at having a high capacity in life and like your party planning business, like you're not, sorry, not your party planning. Party planning. Your wedding planning. You do sometimes do parties, not just weddings, but you are gifted in that. And it's like when we can celebrate that in those people, it just makes it easier to then again, turn inward and like be thankful for the gifts and things we have in our life. But we were kind of talking earlier for you, what's something that practically can be hard with comparing in this life stage? Yeah. I mean, we, I feel like I'm just going to be really vulnerable and honest. I think this is something, probably one of my like biggest hardships or something I really struggle with because I am a big achiever. I like to be not because I want the glory of myself necessarily, but I just like to achieve and I like to do all the things all the time. And so if I'm not able to do something or if I can't accomplish something, that really bothers me. But I think, you know, when I was young, it did come out a lot, like, I think financially and just like the status of which I was at, you know, my parents didn't pay for my college, which is totally fine. But, you know, I worked every summer to like get enough money to pay for pretty much a semester of school and then had student loans like the second half. And so I left school with tons of loans. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, like my husband and I had paid those off and that was like awesome. But it was also like really hard. And so I remember in college being super envious, even my husband, you know, like just different stories of maybe their parents helped them out more or gifted them that opportunity to just go through school without having to take out loans. And I remember just being so envious and I was just like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. But like, again, I don't know that Mm -hmm. story. And again, me paying for my school gave me a huge appreciation for it. I probably rarely, I mean, I never missed a class other than if I was like actually sick. I think I maybe skipped one class. Mm. I'm not going to lie. But other than that, like I really, I took it seriously. I worked really hard. I, you know, tried to do my best. And I do think, I don't know, you know, I'm not saying like if you get your school paid for, you don't try hard. I'm just saying that was the story for me that I did work really hard because like, I was paying $330 for that three credit course. Yeah. So that now was, you remember it down to the Oh girl, paying off cost. those loans, it did not, you know. Yeah. I remember all those details. But now I think, you know, although that's like kind of cliche, it was like a big deal at the time. Yeah. I think even now like you and I have talked about this. Um Andrew and I, we live where we live, we don't have family in town and so for us to get quality time with each other or friends, like we're constantly hiring babysitters. And, you know, we pay for daycare throughout the week while we both work, which, again, is our choice, like not necessarily complaining, but it's easy for me to look at people who have family in town to say, like, gosh, they're so lucky. That is something I would so wish to have. And like, although we could be by family, like it's our choice again. Mm -hmm. But I'm just saying like that is one way I'm like, gosh, I wish we had family in town. I wish our marriage would be better if we had family in town because then we could do more dates. Like I can go down a long rabbit hole about just like all the things that having family in town would fix. When like, no, like Andrew and I feel really called here. We want to stay here. This is like our home and we love it here. So nothing about it. And then honestly, when I talk to my friends with family in town, Mm -hmm. in reality, they're like, 
no, actually we pay for a lot of babysitters too. Or actually having family in town actually complicates it because now we have to hang out with them mm-hmm. and friends. And we're actually envious of how often you guys get to hang out with friends because we're constantly with our family. Like yeah. it's a give and take yeah. all the time, which is like hilarious. So then I talk to my friends and I'm like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't. You know, again, grass is always greener. Keeping up with the Jones is like, I don't need all these things because in reality, I don't know mm-hmm. what that story is like. Yeah. But I can be thankful for like the story that God is writing for us and our family. And I need to have that perspective. So, yeah, that's so good. And yeah, I mean, Christian, I do talk about that one example a lot because I do have my husband was born and raised where we live here. And you see me like be really close with my in-laws and have family around a lot. And they are so helpful. And like they do do a lot when they can. But it's also, yeah, there are certain things that like still make it hard. Like I feel not pressure in a bad way, but like I just feel this desire to spend time with them a lot. So then that could take away from just Justin and Emerson and I's family time because you, we don't want to miss out on a family event and those things happen more frequently since we all literally live in like a three mile radius of one another. So yeah, I mean, there's just so many things that go into it. And I I don't know if this is unpopular opinion, but I just was told this a lot growing up. I think, again, I had cancer as a child. My life looked so different than most normal childhoods. And when I say I had cancer as a child, like I was diagnosed when I was three and then it kept like reoccurring. It reoccurred twice more through my childhood. So truly like most of my childhood was marked by like fighting cancer and just being in hospitals. And so something my parents said to me a lot was like, yeah, like life isn't fair. And they didn't say that in a way to not validate my feelings or my emotions with it. But I think they were always reminding me of in their own way of like, no, this is the path that God has made for you. And we don't know why. And it doesn't seem fair. It feels really hard. It doesn't seem right. But here's where you are. And like, how can we almost make the best of the life that you're given? And Mm -hmm. that sounds so cliche. But in a sense, that's like what God commands us to do. He asks us to run the race and finish strong the path that he has marked out for us. And I think we can use that in our daily lives of even just comparing to, oh, that girl has a designer bag that makes me feel like I really want it. It's like, well, right now I don't. And like (laughs) she can enjoy that and it can be fun. But I don't know. I think when we think of it in a practical way, it just helps us a lot realize that we have to have contentment with right where we are or else we're really never going to enjoy anything we have in life. I actually think what you just said there is so good, though, because even as you say, I mean, I've had the thought, guys, like, oh, gosh, I I would be so happy if I had that Louis Vuitton. Like, gosh, that looks so good on her. That would look good on me. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, sometimes with the keeping up with the Joneses mentality, something good to say, do is just to say it out loud. Because when I say, gosh, I'd be happier if I had that bag. Yeah. Like, I just literally laughed when he said that because yeah. I'm like, that sounds so stupid. None of us actually believe that. I hope you don't believe that. Like, No, no, no. I think we do believe well, that. Well, we do believe it in our hearts and minds. But, but then, then when you say it bag. out loud and you're like, no, that's actually yeah. so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, that actually sounds ridiculous if I said, gosh, if I could go to Mexico, mm-hmm. I would be so happy. Yes, wait, we would all love to wait, be laid though, on a beach. Wait, I really feel like <laughs> I would be would, so happy. <laughs> we would all love to lay on a beach yeah. in Mexico. But again, just because she's able to do that doesn't mean you can't be happy. Yeah. In Midwest, just sitting on your back patio. 
in the I'm sunshine. Gonna, I'm going to push back so, on that because I really yeah, want to go yeah, to Mexico. Yeah. Okay. But seriously, that actually brings up one more good point before we kind of wrap this up of thinking like there is a difference between like happiness and a true fulfilling joy because those things can make you happy. Like they can make you glad in the moment. You're probably not going to be like super bummed as you're laying on the beach, maybe with a little drink in your hand and like <laughs> just, oh, I need to feel like sunshine on my skin right now. You're maybe not going to be sad in that moment, but it's not going to be lasting. You're going to get on the plane and you're going to come home and life's going to hit again. Or you're going to get that bag and it's going to be fun to wear out the first day you get it. But you know what? You're going to come home and you're still going to have the same stressful things that are happening in your marriage that you're really not talking through and you're really like feeling hopeless about what's next. Like it's not going to fix your life. And just because you get that one thing in a few weeks, you're going to want the next thing too. Like I think that's the point of the keeping up with the Joneses. Like it never stops. Never. So what we have to realize that if if we get into this mentality that we want to continue getting the next thing and being the next thing and having the next house and having the next car, like none of those things are bad things. Like, please don't hear us in that way. Yeah. Like you can love your beautiful home and you can buy the new bag. But if you're ultimately looking to those things as I need this to be happy and after you get that, reality is you're going to want the next thing. Yeah. And so that's the hard thing. And you never know like what the other side looks like yeah. in that way. Yeah. I wanted to ask you one last question, Samantha. We had talked about this a little bit, but you just recently became more of a working mom mm-hmm. from a stay-at-home mom. And that's something we talked about a little bit that keeping up with the Joneses in the way that like I sometimes envy my stay-at-home mom friends. Mm-hmm. And I think the same way some of my stay-at-home mom friends will envy me as a working mom because I'm not at home with my littles all the time. Mm-hmm. What's that been like for you? And have you started to have that mentality a little bit or no? No, I haven't struggled with that yet, just being honest, but it's only been about two months, like a little less than two months. So no, right now I'm just still really enjoying. Like I think that this is where I'm kind of supposed to be right now in my life. And it worked out with the age that my daughter is before we add another baby to our family. And yeah, maybe if I have to miss out on something big, thankfully, like my job that I have stepped into is flexible and I still feel like I get to almost in a way like have best of both worlds where I still get good time with my daughter and being home with her part of the week. But then I get to really kind of live out some of my passions and being in a work environment. So I haven't had that yet, but I definitely can see how that could come when I have to miss something important at school. Or maybe I guess it did happen in one little way. Emerson, I have to miss like her dance class on Tuesdays. I used to take her every week and you can't even go in. So it's not like like because of COVID, you can't go in this year. So that's not a huge deal. But I know that like two weeks ago, their dance recital costumes had come in and parents were supposed to go in and try the costume on, help the child like try it on. And I was planning on going and then I realized I had a really big meeting during that time. So I couldn't. And my husband had to step in for me, which is funny if you know him at all, but it it was just cute. But I was like kind of sad about that. And then I also had this thing of like, oh, my the other moms are going to like wonder why her dad is in there doing it versus me. Like, where am I at? Am I a bad mom? Because I couldn't like break away for 30 minutes to go help her try on her dance costume. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we all know that's such a minuscule thing. I got over it in like five minutes. But yeah, that is kind of a, a peek into what could happen. And like, you just do have to kind of be content with knowing like, yeah, I'm gonna have to miss things either side of mm-hmm. the of mm-hmm. the coin like and again like the grass is always greener of like I have been in many circumstances where like I'm a full-time working mom and I've been that way for the whole entire time of my kids lives and so there's been many times that like I get invited to play dates and I'm like oh no can't do that because I'm at work or you know I miss out on getting with friends coffee dates or I can't do dinner with someone because I don't get off in time yeah. or whatever it may be but like 
if I'm just trying to, again, keep up with the Joneses all the time, thinking that their story is better than mine, it's just actually just a, like a big lie that yeah. we're believing and we're bringing our hearts and minds to believe that is so not true and so not what God wants for us yeah. in that he has written a story for you. He's written a purpose in that story for you. And, you know, we hope that we can all cling to him for eternal and like ultimate fulfillment and joy in those things. Because, again, it's just going to be like a revolving wheel that we just can never keep up with if we get down that track. Yeah, I think the solution for all this, and it just to wrap up what you just said, it comes down to a choice. Mm-hmm. When we're starting to feel our thoughts drift if off into this keeping up with the Jones mindset, are we going to stop it in its tracks and remind ourselves that we're living for a greater eternal purpose than to just get the next best thing? Or are we going to live our lives constantly chasing after something that we know at the end of the day isn't going to make us happy? And that's, I think, how we like beat this horrible disease of like discontentment is just literally making a choice and it's a daily battle and sometimes it's an hourly battle if you're in a certain season but yeah we want you to make that choice and we want more for your life than just to want that cute bag or fun vacation (laughs) yeah even though those are great yeah so we hope this conversation in some way you could relate to some of it and also that i encouraged you because we're thinking and praying for you in whatever that season may look like hey thanks for going there with us if you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Bye.